Everyone has a story to tell. We connect and relate to one another when we share our stories. My name is Amelia Old, and I am your host of Voices of Inspiration. Join me as I share stories of friends, family, and strangers from my everyday life and travels. You will laugh, possibly cry, but walk away feeling connected more than ever to those around you and ready to be the change our world needs. Everyone has a story to tell. What's yours? Today's guest, Michelle Herman, has been writing now for a quarter of her life and stays grateful for every byline. Her bylights have appeared on outlets ranging from Thrillist to Shondaland to Forbes and USA Today. While Michelle divides her time between New York City and New England, her adventures have taken her as far as Fiji. Today, she joins us to talk about those frightful destinations that are fun to visit during Halloween, but might just be spooky all year long. Halloween is just weeks away, and locally, we're starting to see corn mazes and pumpkin picking and hayrides and haunted houses and... You wrote an article about places that can feel like Halloween all year long. And I would love for you to chat with me about some of those. There are a few that I've been to, and then there are a few that are kind of like on my bucket list. I love going on ghost tours and touring historical homes. And I'm really into the the other side, if you will, more than just dressing up for the holiday of, of Halloween. So let's start with Salem. I'm actually going in April and I'm hoping to avoid the huge Halloween crowds. So I'm choosing to go with a group of of friends in the springtime. I've been told that it's beautiful there. So yeah, let's talk about Salem. Oh yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's actually this year's kind of the 330th anniversary of the Salem Witch Trials, which you know, definitely is always of, of a historic interest just to do the, you know, the story behind it, as well as just what these people went through and what prompted to happen and what to learn from it. And I, I definitely recommend visiting the Salem Witch Trials Memorial because you really see the names of the 20 victims of, of the trials that happened in 1692. And you really kind of reflect on how the circumstances of what made them being accused of witchcraft, how that really impacted them and impacted their community. And I think recently the most, the very last person associated with the accusations just has been exonerated. So it's still really kind of a poignant topic to learn more about, not just in terms of Massachusetts history, but just overall U.S. history as well. I definitely also recommend the Salem Witch History Museum is really good too. And also if you want something more lighthearted and fun, I think Salem also really kind of embraces this history, but in a kind of in a positive light where even if you're not into the subject of what's associated with Salem, they also have a lot of cool shops, a lot of great places to eat. So you can kind of just really have a lot of fun Salem in Salem. Um, you know, e- even if you're a big fan of the film Hocus Pocus too, which just came out on Disney Plus, I've heard. <laughs> I feel like watching it tomorrow with my daughter and I'm super excited. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm trying to be good. I'm hoping you're going to watch it tonight, but it's it's really kind of cool. I think the home is a private home, but there are, if you go to Salem.org, which is the Salem's website, you can also find out about some of the places that have been filmed. I believe the house that represents Max and Danny's house might be a private home. So it might be something that might be off limits, but they do list some of the other public places that you can walk by or, you know, maybe stop into just to that are associated with the film. But, you know, definitely. And, you know, I mean, overall Massachusetts, I mean, you also hopefully start to have the fall foliage coming in, you know, which will make everything breathtaking. And I think also you can probably also include a House of the Seven Gables in your visit as well. 
I'm super excited. And fun fact, I have a puppy named Salem. That's how excited I am about this trip. <laughs> oh, no, you, you enjoy it. One of my relatives worked at a college in Salem. I went to visit her one year and it just, it was a cute little town just to walk around. Salem State University, that's who she worked for. So my sister you know, worked for there for a while. So I got to go up and visit and just, you know, overall had a really good time. That's awesome. So moving on your list is New Orleans. I actually have been there a couple of times, but it has been, I haven't been there for many years since, you know, we're talking like prior to Hurricane Katrina. So it's been a really long time since I've actually been to the city. Right. Same. I went about 2011, which, you know, the city, I think at the time was still kind of slowly coming back, but the the visitors were there, the attendants were there. And, you know, it's just, I mean, a lot of people often really associate New Orleans with food, which is is definitely right for yourself. But, you know, New Orleans does have its own tales of intrigue. You know, so you can definitely learn about that as well as some of the, it's because of the land. One of the neat aspects about New Orleans is that a lot of the cemeteries have to be built above ground. And, you know, some do offer chores. Just check ahead of time because I think also with just our current current environment, some might have restrictions or so, or some might be closed, you know, just due to COVID. But for the most part, you can find haunted tours that will take you past buildings, houses, you know, there's, and also just down sideways. I mean, there's also really kind of a great, kind of interesting store to check out called Boutique du, du Vampire, which is kind of a goth themed shop, which, you know, if you're a big fan of Anne Rice, you can check out the shop. You might see something that we make for a fun souvenir. Plus also just walking around at night time, it's gotten kind of an eerie an eerie, but also kind of intriguing vibe you get around, especially around like the French Quarter, I think. And then next on your list, Sleepy Hollow. I've actually never been to Sleepy Hollow. I've been to New York City many times. And obviously when you hear Sleepy Hollow, you think of movies and books and and things like that. I actually have been for in timing with an event called the Great Jack-O-Lantern Blaze, which if you're in the New York area, it actually takes place at two different locations. The first is at the original location for the event. It's Van Cortland Manor in Croydon on Hudson, which you could take a car and just drive to there. And you, what it is, it's, the, it's an event called the the Great Jack-O-Lantern Blaze where all these pumpkins have been decorated, lit up. And you literally walk through this pathway where they'll put not only just displays of pumpkins in general, but they've also have like cool exhibits. I've seen like a pumpkin windmill i've seen pumpkin lanterns i mean figures it's really fun it's and it's also not scary too so if you have young kids and you want to look for something to do i would log on to their website it's hudsonvalley.org backslash events backslash blaze to make sure you get tickets ahead of time because you can't unfortunately you can't buy them on site but you can buy them ahead of time if you are on long island you could see it there as well it is happening um at one of the historic mansions. It's it's just really kind of a fun event because it's, you know, just see a lot of creativity. It's like literally glowing at night. So out on Long Island, it's taking place at the the old Bethpage Village Restoration. It's kind of a historic living history museum. So you can walk around there as well. And also do the same thing to you, buy your tickets online because none are sold at the door. And it's really popular. I believe they both go a little bit past Halloween, but you, you definitely want, if you want to stay in the season, go check it out. 
during the month of October. You know, back in terms of Sleepy Hollow itself, it's located in a part of New York State called the Hudson Valley, which is about maybe two hour train ride or so from New York. And Sleepy Hollow Cemetery, its claim to fame is that the person behind that story is a writer named Washington Irving. He's actually the first author in the U.S. in what we now know as America that kind of came up with what we now call the short story. So if you can visit Sleepy Hollow, you can also visit the cemetery where he's buried. If you go on the, um, the website for Sleepy Hollow Cemetery, they list tours that you can take that kind of associate in timing with Irving, with the story, but also about some other, other cool people buried at that cemetery as well. During certain months, you can also visit Washington Irving's home called Sunnyside, but you also have to go online to book tickets as well. And, you know, just it's a beautiful area. You know, there's a great non-Halloween-ish things to do, such as you can walk the old and aqueduct trail. For a long time, this part of New York State provided fresh water to the city. And ironically, it had to do with something that was kind of scary. New York City for a while had very bad water due to outbreaks such as chloria and just, you know, pretty much water pollution. So this old aqueduct trail was once like a major water distribution between this part of New York and the city, like where the Bryant Park New York Public Library stands today. That's actually the aqueduct <laughs> back then. But if you, what you could do now with the old Croton Aqueduct is you could actually walk this trail and it goes past some really cool houses and goes into some neighborhoods. If you recently saw the Netflix series on Mad CJ Walker, you actually passed by a row of homes and one of them was her home up there during her time in that area. And it's just like a beautiful walk, you know, if you want to do something a day and then you could also go back to you know, hang around Sleepy Hollow at night. Now, next on your list, I had to cancel a trip there a few years back due to an unexpected surgery. And I was just so disappointed. But Transylvania. Yes. And I'm in the same boat of you, as you, but just for different reasons. I was actually supposed to go to Romania in the summer of 2020. So I'm hoping I, to get there back at some point. My, my great-grandfather was born there. So I do have probably some heritage. I'm not sure. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was going to spend most of my time within Bucharest, but I was hoping to also, as listed in this article, head out to Transylvania. And it actually is a real place, believe it or not. You know, we often talk about, a lot of times say that Dracula is associated due to a Romanian, Romanian ruler called Vlad Tempest or, Tempest, or often now referred to as Vlad the Impaler. And supposedly Bram Stoker did, um, he was aware of the castle that Vlad, Vlad the Impaler lived in for during his rule in Romania, or what we now know as Romania. Brian, it's interesting because Bram Stoker is actually an Irish writer <laughs> and hopefully he never visited Romania. So, you know, I've been trying to research and find out a little bit about how he heard about Vlad the Impaler, but he just, you know, Bram Stoker kind of was one of the writers that definitely put horror, you know, horror or goth horror on the map with Dracula. So mm -hmm. kind of interesting. And and on not to take away from Romania, but I believe also in Ireland, particularly in Dublin where he was born, they actually have a festival in his honor. So, you know, as a side trip, you know, Ireland definitely could make for a great trip as well. Which is actually the birthplace of Halloween. Yes, that is true. And it's and it's, you know, it's just kind of an interesting and iconic aspect. And I think also, you know, when the Irish came to America, they brought a lot of these traditions with, with mm -hmm. them too. So it's pretty, pretty cool how much that, that legacy still stands. 
Yeah, absolutely. And going along with our movies and books themes, St. Helens, Oregon is known for Twilight. My daughter is a, she's 12, she's almost 13, huge Twilight fan. To the point, we've had to paint our bedroom walls black. And she has like red bedding and all of the movie posters hanging up on the walls. And it's, it's a very Twilight-ish Themed <laughs> but there's another movie that St. Helens is known for. And I actually did not know this until I read your article. Same here. I, I didn't know this until I was doing research for this piece. And it's, I mean, I guess it was kind of like a, maybe like a, a small hit film for the Disney, which is pretty cool. And it's nice that, that St. Helens has been able to kind of capitalize on this being used as a backdrop. And ironically, I think they put on a month-long event with Halloween in Halloween Town. So it's pretty cool that that they put on Halloween Town in St. Helens. Imagine saying that five times. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So if you go to their website, spiritofhalloweentown.com, you'll be able to see a schedule of some of the events taking place there. And, you know, as you were mentioning before with Twilight, one of the cool things is that the actual house is available on Airbnb. It's called the Twilight Swan House in St. Helens. And you can, I mean, it probably might cost you now. <laughs> well, to be honest, I actually have looked at booking this Airbnb and it stays booked out like years. Oh, no Not way. Months. Yeah. Like I've looked at it as, you know, I'm in big into experiences for my children for gifts, you know, for Christmas and birthdays and stuff. And so I was thinking, oh, wow, that would be just a really cool thing because I would love to go to the area and this would be a great thing for her. And then I I look at the Airbnb and it's like booked out. I, you can't even see an open date, put it that way. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> but it's a pot here. Twilight has been around for, for many years now. I mean, I don't know what, like 15 years or something. And it's still just as popular as it was. Then. Oh yeah. No, I, I hear you. And, 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 you know, hey, I, that's, I mean, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, even I was seeing somewhere for Hocus Pocus too, that, Airbnb was holding a contest where you might you'd be up to stay at the at the Sanderson sisters cottage, but I, I can imagine how competitive it will be for that to get that one night stay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, I think that just going along with talking about the Airbnbs and some of these films, I think that it actually is a good thing that they're able to use these locations. We just toured over the summer some of the filming locations for Vampire Diaries because, again, Twilight, she's into Vampire Diaries as well. And you can actually you stay in one of the the locations as an Airbnb where they filmed. And that one did have opening dates. And that is actually just outside of Atlanta. And that kind of goes along with that. Where next place on the list, I'm actually originally from Georgia. All of my family live in Georgia. So I've been to Savannah a couple of times and absolutely love it. I've been on a haunted tour there, which was pretty neat because they have quite a few of those, a lot of companies there to do that. It's a great place to learn about the book, The Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Absolutely. And I've been to Savannah as well, where, you know, I love my visit around that area was during the day, but it's, it's really kind of got a nice eerie feeling to it. And, you know, there's definitely a lot you could check out. You could follow the novel in its footsteps. If you go on to visit Savannah's website, there is a piece called Seven Ways to Experience Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil in Savannah. And you could follow along that article and it'll tell you, you know, in particular to go past 
some buildings, but especially in particular, the famous Bonaventure Cemetery, where you could see the original home of the Bird Girl statue. I believe the statue is now in a museum called the Telefair Academy Museum. But if you want to still kind of see the cemetery itself, it is really a, a beautiful wonder. Yeah, it really it really is a beautiful. But Savannah is a beautiful place overall. And not far from Savannah is Charleston, which is where you and I were speaking off camera earlier. And my daughter lives in downtown Charleston. And so last year, a couple of years ago, we actually did a tour of the Charleston Jail Ghost Tour. And I must say, for those of us that may be on the more sensitive side with uh, certain abilities and stuff, it was absolutely terrifying. There was a moment in one of the rooms, they turned off all the lights and the ceilings in that room was, I mean, just a lot of terror. And it was probably one of the most genuine ghost tours, if you will, that I had been on that didn't feel campy, that it felt real, that you could feel it in the air of what had been there and what had happened there previously. Right. No, absolutely too. And I was actually in Charleston and went on a tour of the old Charleston jail. And I do agree with you. I remember at one point when we were there, it was still the time of like point and shoot cameras for people. They were still pretty, pretty popular. And I remember just at one point toward the end, my battery just almost went literally dead. And it was just like really bizarre. And I was just like, you know, how, why is this happening? And then what happened was as soon as I left the building, my battery was back up and I guess back to normal. I mean, there's there's still a lot of really neat places to visit. You can visit the Magnolia Cemetery. A popular place to eat is Pugin's Porch, which is named for its one-time owner's dog. And supposedly the, you might feel the presence of that pet around, but it's really a nice place to eat. And even just, you can just walk around to check out the rainbow houses. The downtown area is really nice with the market. And then there's the famous pineapple fountain too. Yeah, lots of history in Charleston. There's there's no shortage of things to do, you know, related to the the spookiness of Halloween or, or not. And I think like that's one of those places. It doesn't matter the time of the year that you go. It's just really nice. What city that holds the title of the Halloween capital of the world? I have absolutely no idea about this, but maybe it's because I'm just not familiar with this particular state a whole lot. But this. This city is in Minnesota. I wasn't familiar with it either prior to doing my story two years ago, but Noka, they actually hold the claim to fame as being the Halloween capital world because it hosted one of the first Halloween parades in 1920. And ironically, when I was working on my Smithsonian piece, it would it was the centenary of having of you know starting Halloween traditions in in Anoka. And they at the time they were kind of not really sure what was going to happen. And the person I spoke with, who was the contact for the festivity, said, like, we can't really say anything because we don't know if we're able to put them on, you know, for the year of 2020. So I was like, wow. And But luckily, I mean, things prevail. And one of the cool things about the way they celebrate Halloween is they put on different events, such as parades, daytime, nighttime, ones where younger, you know, young kids can be involved in March, as well as the standard how praise that we see. And they also do like kind of cool things like contests around town, non-scary things. So people wanted to, let's say, do a contest. They could do a contest to even, I think at one point they even had like we're holding blood drives. So I thought that was really kind of neat too. You know, so it's it's kind of like scary, but not so scary. Like they'll do a house decorating contest, all bingo nights. And, they, and they're supposedly their origins for Halloween was back, you know, as we know, sometimes with Halloween has mischief night and people do not so nice things. It was 
the phrase that we actually started to kind of get kids not to cause trouble and it just kind of stuck since. And let's talk about this this part really fascinated me. Doll Island. Yes, I've never been. I've heard about it in past articles before. Um, you know, but definitely it it is a real real place where you can take a boat out and to the island, which is it's based about south of Mexico City, between a borough called Chocomilco. Supposedly the story behind this island is that there was a girl that drowned in the canal adjacent to it. And what happened was this shaman came across a doll floating in the canal's waters and kind of hung it up out of respect for the deceased girl. And then suddenly he just turned into a caretaker for this island where he just kind of built this island of toys kind of in honor of this girl that drowned. And it's it's become... You know, a, a tourist attraction. You do you could pay a boat, such as one called the Trajinera, which will take you out. You know, I mean, the the photos are quite interesting. I must say, that's something that I think I would like to see in person. And finally, you know, we talked about this earlier. It's the birthplace of Halloween, Ireland. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, Ireland, you can't go wrong with a trip for sure. You know, Dublin itself has some interesting Halloween history, such as bars that have connections from a prison called Tour Museum called Go, which you know kind of had prisoners that were convicted in the 1916 uprising that supposedly the presence is still felt. And then, as I mentioned before, there is a Bram Stoker Festival every October, which is, takes place just throughout the city, kind of honoring his legacy and like. If you go on to Ireland's Tourism Board's website, you can find a lot of cool information that kind of goes into the Celtic traditions of Halloween, as well as places that have special events as well. But, I mean, Ireland, you can't go wrong any time of the year for sure. I've I've not been, but it's on my list. <laughs> I I've family there, so I, I'm hoping to go next year. Well, I can't wait to read your stories about your trip. Do you have a favorite quote or any words of wisdom that you would like to share with our listeners? I always like to ask this question to guests. Anything that you would like to just leave with them? Yeah, it's a good question. I think the past years have taught us that if there's something that you'd like to do. And it's something you maybe have dreamed about or wanted to do, just do it. I, I think there were places that I always wanted to see and I put off and I'm trying to hopefully make up for that now. But if there's something that you want to go out and don't hesitate, I mean, there's a great quote from John Lennon saying life happens while you're busy making plans or attributed to John Lennon that life happens while you're busy making plans. And it's so true. Like I, I've been hemming and hawing about going to a country, a destination such as Antarctica. So I'm trying to make a plan to make it happen for a late next year. That will be an amazing trip. And where can our listeners find you and follow these adventures? I do have an Instagram and TikTok and Twitter, you know, keeping my, my name, which is Michelle Herman. And that's M-I-C-H-E-L-E. H-E-R-R-M-A-N-N. You're free to follow along. I do try to post there a lot regularly. I do blog as well at a site called sheisgoingplaces.com, which I'm trying to catch up on, but definitely social media is definitely the way to go. And I'll make sure that I link to your Instagram and your blog and some of your stories on this episode at voicesofinspirationpodcast.com. Thank you so much for joining me and being willing to share your thoughts on these really cool Halloween destinations. I honestly cannot believe it's just right around the corner. Oh, yeah. No, thank you, Amelia. What are you doing for Halloween? 
You know, I'm not sure. I thought about, I live on a farm. So I thought about having a, you know, friends over and doing something outside, like a bonfire or something. But, you know, I'm not sure yet. I'm sure. I've got a few weeks to decide, but it'll be here before I know it. Sometimes the best plans happen that way. So true. Thank you to our listeners. There are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and I'm so grateful you've chosen to be with me today. My name is Amelia, and I'm the host of Voices of Inspiration. Everyone has a story to tell. What's yours? 